Welcome to this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg Griffith as we together learn what it means to be leaders of our world as we faithfully love and faithfully lead. Like, share, rate, and review this podcast with your friends and others of influence for they too are looking for people like you to help them lead and love day to day. Without further ado, here is your host, Greg Griffith. Well, good day to everybody. It is so good to be back again. And um, I this is actually getting to be one of my, actually, I don't know why I always say that. <laughs> like, this is getting to be one of my favorite ones, because this is the one where it's uh, Julie Easley, who's the executive director at King of Kings, and I, and we're just kind of riffing on some topics and uh, just sharing some thoughts and, and talking about leadership from our perspectives. And so it's about 30 minutes of a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, I, I thought we would just dive into something that um, I think is near and dear to the hearts of so many people, at least half of the population. Um, right. <laughs> and that's actually women in leadership. And let's get really specific. Women in leadership in the church. Yes. Um, because I, I actually, I was listening to a podcast with, uh, I think it was Lisa Turkist. Um, I'm, I think I'm butchering her name. Turkist, I think. Turkist. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. So, um and she she was talking about the fact that actually the church, for as progressive as it has been in so many social issues, um, this is actually one of the spots where culturally we're really, really far behind, even though we agree with the cultural spot. Like in a culture where we're talking about equal um, opportunities for women, equal pay for women. Right. We're looking at at women and and that there's not really a glass ceiling. We have a woman vice president now, um, prayerfully someday a woman president. Prayerfully, gender doesn't matter as far as election for our political system. But in the church, especially mainline evangelical churches, so mainline Protestant churches, um, this is a spot we're still pretty far behind in. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess let's set the record straight here. When we're talking women for leadership, especially in our church body, we're not talking about women's ordination. So so we're we're just talking about putting women in places of leadership, of of influence, and living out the gifts that God has given to people. Yes. Right? Yep, for sure. Yeah. So you're pretty high up in the organization. I am. Let's, I guess, let's start with this. Like, what what are what are some of the challenges when you started in this? Like what what was the challenge of even not only um, maybe getting here, but but I don't think you kind of started saying this is where I want to get to. This was where gifts were seen through you, right? Um, but then also when you started, what what were some of the challenges there? I think for me, one of the challenges was that, like you said, there had never been a woman in the role of executive director at Mm. King of Kings. So we'd had executive pastors before and they had all been men. So I think one of the things that was most challenging for me is that I didn't have any mentor, Mm. even in the role, a female mentor in the role or a role model that I could look to. So I, I did some reading. I read some biographies of women in leadership, but there wasn't that, boots on the ground. Hey, can I pop into your office and talk about this? Right. So it was, it was lonely in a lot of ways mm. because you're, you're just kind of trying to manage and figure things out on your own as mm. best as you can. Yeah. Um, and I had, I had a number of 
male mentors that were really helpful to me, but you just can't live someone else's experience, right? And so I, right. I, they couldn't speak to the particular challenges of being a female in leadership. Yeah, I think another issue that I think most women in leadership struggle with is I, I think that God's gifted us in, in certain ways and with certain strengths. And sometimes when people see women exhibiting those kinds of leadership strengths or those take charge sort of strengths, it's seen in a different way than when men are doing the exact same thing. Interesting. Right. So you'll get the, the, I don't, and people didn't term me this here. So don't hear that I'm saying this, but you know, bossy or, sure. you know, and less pleasant words, yeah. you know? Um, so just trying to, to work through that yeah. and, what it means to be a, a strong woman in leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- those are a couple of things I, I think of right away. Do you, so my mom was um, the first female to ever have her position in her industry. My mom was a large claims negotiator and uh, the uh, insurance industry and would oftentimes meet with lawyers and judges. And through the eighties, it was a much more dominant oh, male society. Right. Yep. Um, and I remember hearing her, uh, kind of as she was breaking through that glass ceiling, I remember her talking occasionally about really two things. Um, the first one was that she felt like she always, every day had to be on her a game mm. and work twice as hard because she just felt like many times one, she was the only woman in the room, so that loneliness for sure. But yes. also, she sometimes felt like she wasn't qualified to be in the room, right? Um, you know, and so did, did you feel any of that? You know, it's interesting. I heard a study once that said um, before women apply for a job, they need to feel like already they could do eighty percent of what's on the job description. Mm. And when men are applying for a kind of an upwardly mobile job if they feel like they could do maybe 20% of it, mm, mm. they, they feel like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that that was a particular struggle for me. I think maybe I've got more of a men's mentality in that regard sure. because when I took over the role, I, I wasn't sure exactly what it was going to look like, mm. but I felt like I would be able to handle whatever came along. Yeah. So that wasn't my experience of feeling sure. like I wasn't qualified, but I will say that when I started the role as executive director, I certainly felt pressure to make it work. Right. Um, it hadn't been successful um, before. And yeah. so I really wanted to, it to be successful. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's maybe a little bit more writing, writing on it. For if, if it wasn't, would this even continue? Right. Because right. then it was like, yes, you know, we, we've tried everything. Or you feel like you're also the representative for your gender. And so if you write crash and burn, it's like, oh, why did we ask a woman to do this? Yeah. It didn't work. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So I also think, too, and this is something I've always valued, um, and I think a little bit of this is, is I, I think I have two things uh, going for me in this role, but, but maybe in my, um, so, so I, I'm just going to be frank. No, I'm going to be Greg, but I'll be honest about this. <laughs> I think in our church body specifically, we really struggle with women in leadership. 
Um, when I look at other churches of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, um, we don't see women in leadership outside of uh, DCEs, probably the, the top echelon. We maybe would have some director, DC, director of Christian outreach, shows your student ministries. Um, but we don't see them upper. But even, even when you look into our lay leadership, um, mm. many boards will have one woman on the board, and she's generally the secretary. Oh, right. And, and yeah, right. And, and so, so I think for me coming from where my mom was the primary, um, career driven person, um, also I am not generationally Lutheran. Um, and, and then two, my parents were not in church work. Right. Um, so, so for me, I've, I've always kind of said, why aren't we having, I, I don't look at the genders, but but I've said why aren't why aren't we having this? And I guess I guess I think one of the questions I would ask too, as as you think about that, because you mentioned that loneliness, mm. um, how like like men are from Mars and women are from Venus. I, I believe that we have different things that we employ and different ways that we do things. What what are some things that you would say as a woman, right? Not just Julie Easley, but as a woman that you are uniquely positioned or, or ways. And then I can share too what I've seen yeah, working with other great. women, but, but also you, what do you think? And I don't want to generalize because yeah. right there are, there are women of all stripes and right. who have lots of different gifts. I do think that, and I'm speaking just, I'm making a generalization right now. I think that women are sensitive to, bringing people along. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think women are looking for common ground typically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's kind of a, and I, right. I, I, I'm so cautious about this because I don't want people to think, Oh, wow. That's, she's really generalizing here, but there is a sense that you want to, see a team come together almost as a family. Yeah. And what that involves is listening to each person, um, considering people's opinions. And I really, there's an interesting um, book about leadership that Henry Cloud wrote where he talked about um, a leadership wake. So if you imagine a boat that's moving forward, you've got a wake behind it and there's two sides to the wake, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Just imagine Mm -hmm. you see a person water skiing and there's like two edges to the wake. And he was saying leadership, there's two, there's two edges. One is the productivity side of things. How are you getting things done? But then there's also the personal side and how do people feel as they're working um, with you? And you could be killing it on the productivity side, but if you looked behind the boat, you would see people whose leg has been chopped off by the motor um, and, you know, people bobbing and in distress because you weren't considering their feelings as you were making forward progress. Um, Now, alternatively, everybody could be feeling great and you could be making no forward motion, right? So if you're too strong in one wake, your boat is going to spin. And so what I'm always trying to do is balance out What's the progress that we're making as an organization, but also how is the team feeling as we're moving ahead with things? And if there's a sense that, ooh, yeah, we're moving ahead, but we're crunching a lot of people yeah. in the process, it's just time to call a timeout and recalibrate and bring everybody together, talk it through. Because I'll tell you what, 
you can be making progress, but if your team is in tatters, your progress is going to stop pretty quickly. Right. Um, so I, I do think that there's a, probably a, a gut instinct that a lot of women have around keeping people united through listening and through excellent communication. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would say I think when I have had the honor and the privilege of working alongside some really talented women, um, both in lay leadership and also in um, ministry, paid ministerial leadership, um, here's what I found is I found a perspective that I never ever really see, um, and and so the the feedback and the perspective often comes. Um, in a way that I never would have thought of mm. Me- meaning e- even just who like, like just the ramifications of whatever we're considering, mm. you know, and, and I think some of this is just my own personality, but you know, of, of that, but I also think too, and this is my personality. I have found great joy because I, I, I feel, and again, we don't want to generalize mm-hmm. and say all women are like this cause they're not. But, but, but I would say that I'm a person who I don't really celebrate the mountaintop experiences a whole lot. I'm like, let's just get to the next mountaintop, right? right. Like, like there's always got to be another one. And um, so I'm kind of like, all right, great. We ready to go, you know, and, and you and others have said, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's just stop. Like, you know, or like sometimes too, of just even missing um, what I need to do to build a better team or things to say has been really, really insightful on that. And, and I think too, and this is the other thing, um, the reality of it is that, especially in churches today, the majority of your population actually is going to be women. Right. Right. And so so that means because men are from Mars, women are from Venus, that we are different. Um, I'm not going to connect fully it, with that gender population. I, right. I just won't. Right. Right. So it doesn't mean I don't or but but it also means I need a voice that is trusted um, that's there. That's more than just my wife. Right? right. And I think the church has spent a lot of time just kind of saying, well, the woman's voice is the pastor's wife. Oh, <laughs> I know. Right? That's a lot of pressure to put on a pastor's wife. Cause she may totally. not want to be the voice of the church. Correct. And she may not be the right voice, right? Because if she's also at home, your counselor and your confidant and, and, and not that I actually, I actually don't share a lot with my wife. She doesn't know much. Many times she'll hear something and go, how come I didn't, you didn't tell me that. And I'm like, I don't know. Right. (laughs) Right. But I think it's a really good point that you make that, I mean, I think probably over 50% of um, the congregation is women and how encouraging is it to be able to look up and you know, up front and see a woman like you leading. I right. Mean, right. Right. I think that it's, it feels like, okay, we've got some representation here. Yeah. And that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. For people to feel like, yeah, this is a place where I belong. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what would you say, let's talk about like, if someone were in our church body or in a mainline Protestant church, we're looking around and saying, okay, we've got a, we've got a gender disparity issue. Right. And again, we're not talking about, you know, going out and ordaining women. Right. Um, so you have to follow your theological bent on that. But what we are talking about is 
um, raising up. And, and I think, I think the, the question here is like, how intentional should congregations be or should those listening be at raising up women in leadership uh, in ways that their theology allows and supports? Yeah, I, I, boy, I feel like that it's really important to be intentional. I think it's very easy to maintain the status quo mm-hmm. and um, keep doing what you've always done. So what it requires is some forethought. Um, when you're thinking about volunteer leaders who you're inviting, mm-hmm. when you're um, thinking about maybe your church board, how many women are you putting um, up for election? Yeah. Right. And, and I'll be frank and say, you know, just stacking the deck even a little bit, because I think Mm. there's probably going to be a natural drift towards choosing men for leadership roles, but how can you set up a situation where women are going to be able to be successful? Yeah. And then I also, when I think about, um, staff thinking about hiring decisions, Mm. um, not being afraid to, um, take a risk on, uh, putting a woman in a a leadership role, super important. And then providing mentoring in that regard. Mm. Um, like I said, it was really challenging for me when I started in this role because I just didn't have any female mentors, but even just having male mentors who encouraged me, who gave me opportunities, Mm -hmm. I would, I would just suggest to anyone who's leading a congregation, look for the capable women on your staff, women who seem like they could take on, you know, some of those bigger projects and just let them go for it. And then provide times when you're just um, willing to talk with them, listen to them. Um, So it's not just inviting them to these um, places at the table, but but then following through with them and asking, hey, how did that go? How did that feel? What did you like? What didn't you like? Yeah. Um, just building into them and just taking the time. I mean, really what made a huge difference for me in my um, movement in the staff was people who took the time to invest in me and my leadership. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think I think something too I think about with intentionality that I would, I would challenge um, everyone – especially that's looking to say, yes, we have a disparity. We have an issue here is what are the areas that you can, and I almost take it in a two tiered, maybe even a three tiered approach. Like first, first tier is what are the areas that you can raise up women to serve and to lead in areas that they're gifted in that, that is not um, kind of the stereotypical. So, so, you know, not saying, okay, we're, well, we're going to choose, you know, you to be in our Sunday school to teach our Sunday school. Right. I mean, yes. that's a stereotypical. Sure. Right. Let's let all the women do that. Right. right. That's a kind of that or lead mentality. our kitchen team or lead our kitchen team. Right? right. Um, you know, but, but look at it and say, okay, well, what about, what about, um, something like being the head of your hospital visitation teams or, you know, something where they're just naturally gifted that people would say, Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Why wouldn't we do this? Um, I think that's the first tier. I think the second tier then comes in looking at what are some prohibitives that maybe were an older older system. So many churches uh, still have in their constitution, their bylaws that say women cannot be the presidents of the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about, you know, if you have a theology that says uh, women shouldn't be the elders or something like that, I'm not saying, you know, dump your theology. What I am saying, though, is... Um, 
every church body per se, I think, I'll speak for sure on our church body. Our church body has recognized board of directors or church councils as a board of director, not a theological position. So you can have women as president. So if you still have a constitution that doesn't, I would ask the question, why? Right. Right. And so, and then begin to start to say, how do we help the congregation realize that this is, this is not the value today? Um, and, and, and the value even for your church body. Right. Um, and then the, the next thing in that same tier, I suppose, maybe even a tier, maybe back to tier one is what you said, where are women in your lay leadership? Um, and, and two, where are women in your staff discussions? Right. right. So they don't even have to have a position to be part of the staff discussions. Right. 100%, so, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think of our senior leadership team, it's made up more for personality rather than by position, right? right? Um, we call it a strat team here. Um, so it's more personality putting the right people in the room regardless yep. of their positions. Yep. What can they bring to the discussion? Right, mm-hmm. right, in yeah. leadership. And so so how many, how many women are on that would be a question I think that has to be considered. Right. And, and it really evaluated. Yep. And then, and then changed, yeah. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think another thing that I just wanted to talk a little bit about is just to the, to the woman who maybe is on a staff and feels like, boy, I'm not able to make much traction. I'm wondering you as a, a, a senior pastor, what recommendations would you have for someone like that? And just how to, how to maybe broach those conversations with a, um, their boss or their boss's boss, um, in ways that, you know, will help them to be heard. Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I think a couple things are really important. I think the first one is to recognize that, that your boss or your boss's boss, um, first of all, where where you're at does not put necessarily in line where they're thinking. So so if you're not there and they're they're saying no, it doesn't mean that they don't value women in leadership. It may also mean they don't have the chips just yet. And there might be even some um behind the scenes behind closed door conversations that are happening. And so so understand especially in a church that it's not always just easy as like, oh yeah, okay, I can change this tomorrow, mm. right? Because you're really building against a couple things, and especially if you're in a church that has some some systems of that old guard mentality, that old for our our system, that old Lutheranism still in it. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, don't forget, we're still a church body that um, didn't allow women to vote in our church body. Um, and did not allow women to vote uh, in voters' elections till, I uh, gosh, I got to fact check this, but I think it was like fifties, maybe sixties, nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties. So, and, and women's suffrage was nineteen twenty, nineteen nineteen, something right, like that. Right. So, um, so, so we're still we're still pretty far behind in that respect, right? It, so this is kind of new. So, so I, I think first thing I would say is be patient with that. And and I would say too, this is this is a lot of a recommendation of a book. I give this to any 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 uh, leader that's in a second chair or other chair. Read leading from the second chair, mm. and and I think that it's an important piece to to lead up right. And so so you can lead up with 
influence. And remember too, your title doesn't mean you have influence. There's some people that I know with pretty significant titles that have pretty low influence where there's others that probably have zero title, but have significant influence. Right. And so, um, recognize the influence there. And, and so, so, so I would say the two things, be patient, but then lead with, lead with influence by being an advocate and saying, saying also helping see and say, I'm here for you. And I think eventually you'll see that they're for you as well. And so I would probably look at both of those um, respects. Um, and I know, and I, I also recognize I say both of those things as a male. Mm-hmm. That's not kind of recognizing that I, well, I recognize there's a disparity, but it does not personally affect me. Right. I get that. Right. 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 So, so I think one of the things that um, really resonates with me with your first point is being patient is I had been at King of Kings in just in some different roles on staff for about four years. And I sent, um, I, I knew that they were going to be looking for some sort of executive pastor, or executive mm-hmm. director. Mm-hmm. And I remember sending Mark, who was mm-hmm. the lead pastor at the time. I sent him an email saying, I think I would be great at this. Yeah. And uh, would you please consider me? Yeah. Now I was still pretty green. I think I probably had the raw materials at that point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe needed a little more seasoning. And he sent me a very kind email back and said, I, you're, you're a gifted person and I will definitely keep you in mind. But it was, it was a way of letting me down and just saying, I I don't, I think it was his way of saying you're not quite ready yet. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't let that discourage me either. I, and also, you know what? It's, it's good to put yourself out there too. So if there's something that you're really wanting to do as a woman on staff don't just kind of sit around hoping that someone will recognize and notice. Right. Put yourself out there. Right. If right. you think you can do 20% of the job, <laughs> go it. for it. Do it. For right? sure. For right? sure. So Be a self-advocate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Self-advocating is, is excellent. So yeah. um, when I got that no, I thought, all right, there's a reason for it. But yeah. I didn't let it dissuade me from w- what I thought I could do. Yeah. And the, then after that, and it was something I'd been working towards at, from the beginning, is I just tried to make myself indispensable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and another great book is called um, Leading When You're Not in Charge. Mm. Um, I can't remember who wrote it, but you'll be able to find it. Um, really helpful. Just talking about thinking about how you can work for the person who um, manages you in a way that they're like, I could not do this job yeah. without her. Yeah. Um, and, and she's such a benefit to me as a leader. Yeah. I think that if you make yourself indispensable pretty soon, you will be. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's such an important pieces as well, right? Like it's, it is really coming and serving and saying, how do I help? How can I help? And, and, and leading through that, and then two, and this is men and women, I would say even to young leaders as well, but be your own advocate, right? Because this is that, that spot that's so important. This is really important. As I'm saying, 
um, make yourself indispensable. I am not saying just do, 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 and become someone's doormat right. where they feel like they can just dump everything on you. Um, right. and, and there's no discussion going right. the other way about promotion. Um, cause that could be really damaging and I've seen that happen as well. Right. So again, advocating for yourself is really important. If it feels like, um, wow, I'm adding a ton of value to the organization. Don't be afraid to ask for the promotion that you want and to ask for um, the kind of pay that you feel like you deserve. Yeah. You won't necessarily get all of it, but um, don't, don't slough that stuff off. It's really important. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and I think it's also, I, I think the other thing too is, and this I've noticed in our church body, I've noticed this with you, I've noticed this with other strong women that I've had the joy and privilege of working around is um, because our system is actually not designed to have women in leadership. Um, there's a lot of grace that you've brought to the table mm-hmm. with, with me and others have brought and recognizing that, you know, we have not, we, we don't have the system in place that says women belong in leadership in our church body. Mm-hmm. And so as we're changing that, I, I know there's been mistakes um, and, and things that, that are not intentional and the grace and the like, Hey, here's what that meant or that mm-hmm. felt like has been really, really helpful. And so I want, so, so, so that's a big piece too. Mm-hmm. I think for one, the hearer, um, and then to the the receiver of just hear the grace and and receive the you know and then receive that grace of going oh man yeah because because yeah. our system's not built for it so yeah I, I I'm so thankful for the example of Jesus right mm. and the grace that he showed to everyone in his life and and when we're his followers he fills us with that so I'm trying to extend that is is a really good and important thing to do. And I know I haven't done it perfectly either. So yeah. we're just walking along the road together, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another thing that I just wanted to mention is if you are a woman in leadership, I would just encourage you to look to who you could mentor and encourage along the way, sure. right? Because it's such a rare commodity. Yeah. And so I've, I've got time that I'm making in my life for three women that I'm meeting with every other week. Yeah. Um, and not together separately just because I, I, they have different needs, but I feel like I want to devote that amount of time to raising up the next generation of leaders and encouraging them, um, in their kind of, with their leadership questions, their leadership challenges, kind of mentoring them and how to, handle both your personal life and your work life. Just there's a, there's a host of different things to talk about, but um, just take the time to pour into um, a woman who you see is kind of wants to follow that same track that you do. It's, it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'd conclude with this statement is um, let's not forget, especially women in leadership in the church. Let's not forget um, that I do believe Jesus values this, right? Right. Um, he, he, we wouldn't have Easter without women mm. because he shared with two women 
the resurrection account and they were the ones that came and shared that with the disciples who didn't believe them. So, so it is, it, so that, I think that just shows a lot about the heart and the love of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, and, and so, so I want to encourage everyone, I, I just look around your table and, and we talk a lot about diversity and diversity is not just, um, our skin color. Diversity also is our gender. And so, our tables diverse and they need to be, and they need to be diverse in all ways being a representative of the community that you're serving. Yes. And also a representative of the body of Christ. Amen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. All right. Any closing thoughts? I think I just want to say thank you for your leadership in this regard. It's been great working for you. And I'm, I'm so thankful for a church that's extended these opportunities Mm. to women. I, I recognize that, it's pretty rare mm. and I'm appreciative of it, you know, every single day. I really yeah. am. So thank you. Well, and I would say and close with this, if you're listening to this or you've shared this with a, maybe a church that is trying to figure this out or you're listening as a woman and you're saying, Hey, I, I need to get some mentoring, get some thoughts. Uh, look us up, give us a Absolutely. call. We would love to help. And, um, we, we can definitely just give some insight. And sometimes that outside group is able to help move the ball. So yep. let us be a resource that helps you. All right. Yes. All right, Julie, everyone. Julie at King of Kings.org. Yep. I'd love to hear from you. All right, everyone have a great day and, uh, we'll see you next month. Awesome. Bye. Thank you for being a part of this month's Greg Griffith Leadership Podcast. Join Greg next month for leadership insights to faithfully love and faithfully lead. Now go be terrific today.